Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible, and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin, and I have added ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies, so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. For a race that dragged on and on, this one took a turn fast. We're confronting the reality of the general election in today's episode of The Briefcase. This is Sarah from the left and Beth from the right. You're listening to Pantsuit Politics. No shouting, no insults, plenty of nuance. Welcome to another episode of The Briefcase. Before we get started, I thought that I would put in a plug one more time for our email list. If you guys haven't signed up, it's a great way to get um, our new episodes delivered right into your email inbox. And also in this episode, we're welcoming a new sponsor. Can't wait to tell y'all all about it. And then we'll be back with Friday Feedback in The Briefcase. All right. So we're here with our Friday Feedback. We got a lot of feedback about the upcoming Affordable Care Act episode, Beth. Yeah, I'm really excited that people are engaged on this topic even before we talk about it. So I think it's going to help us put together a, a better discussion on Tuesday. And also, Beth did a pantsuit primer on that. So if you want to feel like, if you feel like you're sort of don't have the foundational knowledge to talk about Obamacare, which anyone who really claims to have total foundational knowledge when talking about the ACA is uh, fooling you. But if you feel like you need to know a little bit more, Beth put out a great primer. Yeah. And I, I would issue the disclaimer again, that the law itself is 
2,700 pages long, and there are like 20,000 pages of regulations implementing it. So it is just a very basic overview, but hopefully it will at least create a framework for our discussion on Tuesday. So um, some things happened, and y'all had some thoughts on them. (laughs) Uh, We're down to only one Republican candidate, Donald Trump. How, well, you, how, how first let's check in how are you doing beth you know i was prepared for this i was surprised okay. you were you were you were on you were really you were not clinging i wasn't even feel like i clean i was clinging. i felt like you know a contested convention is a thing that could happen i think that's probably likely but you were like the whole time no it's going to be donald trump yeah i just kind of accepted this early on and you know acceptance doesn't mean that i embrace it or like it i'm still definitely a never trump kind of person um, but but I knew that we were headed here. And we said in the, the day that Indiana voted, we said, look, Indiana is going to be very determinative in this race. I didn't quite expect Cruz and Kasich yeah. to go down within 24 hours. Because <laughs> but- I thought, especially because Kasich was all, I'm going to give Cruz Indiana and then I'll see what happens. And what was it, New Mexico or Arizona or something? So I didn't really understand why he was like, I'm out. I, I wonder if it's because Ryan's Priebus pretty much immediately said that Trump was the presumptive nominee. I think the pressure must have been enormous. I mean, the pressure's been on John Kasich the entire time to get out. So I, yeah. it's a little confusing to me that they wouldn't just kind of give Reince Priebus the middle finger and keep going. But mm-hmm. I don't know if it's resources or just exhaustion. But anyway, we are where we are. I thought Kasich's uh, comments in his exit speech were gracious. And I continue to think that he ran a campaign that he and his family can be proud of. And here we are. And I think that I could spend all my time being angry or dejected about where we are, or I could feel resolved to just keep going and trying to be a more positive, conservative voice and advocate for a future of my ideology, if not this party, you know, and that's mm-hmm. where I am. I'm just, I, you know, I, I think life's too short for me to walk around like killing myself about it. Well, here is my thoughts on Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton as the presidential nominees. Um, I feel like everyone else that Donald Trump is a terrible terrible candidate for presidency the presidency but what i'm really upset about is i there's this tenor among conversations i'm having and i'm seeing being had about hillary and trump as the nominees in which there seems to be this lumping together of donald trump and hillary clinton i understand that that hillary clinton is polarizing for many people i understand that there are a lot of people that feel like Hillary Clinton does not represent their political values. I get that. However, I really don't have a lot of patience for the idea that they're both this threat to the United States. Donald Trump is not qualified to be president. He is racist. He is sexist. He is arguably some sort of pathological narcissist. Hillary Clinton 
even if you don't like some of the things she represents, is a former senator, a former first lady, and a former secretary of state. Hillary Clinton is most certainly qualified to be president. And so all of a sudden it's just, oh, they're both going to just tear the walls. I mean, I just, I don't want them. I mean, I guess I need to get over this because they're both the presidential candidates and they're going to get, it's a horse race. And so there's sort of this combination. But the idea that they both are equally threats to our democratic system as candidates really bothers me. She is not a threat to the democratic process, even if you don't agree with her. You know, we've had lots of very polarizing presidential candidates. George W. Bush, especially in his second run. Um, Barack Obama. Like, these are polarizing people, but they're not a threat to the process or our country in the way that Donald Trump is. And I really wish people would stop acting like she is the same as Donald Trump, even if she is polarizing. The threat, Donald Trump is not a problem because he's polarizing. Donald Trump is a problem because he's not qualified to be president and he says racist and sexist things so i just it's really bothering me and it seems to be getting worse do you think i'm being unnuanced and overreacting i do not think you're being unnuanced or overreacting what i think everyone has to be careful about in this conversation and and by everyone i mean like everyone everyone who does not want donald trump to win is sort of overplaying this hand because the people who have supported Donald Trump or who are inclined to support Donald Trump in the general election to any degree do not want to be told what to do and they do not want to be talked down to. And I think that overstating the comparison between the two or the distinctions for, you know, more accurately between the two risks deepening the divide among people who um, identify as Clinton supporters and identify as something else, right? And and that is not helpful to Hillary Clinton. I mean, this needs to be she ha- she's in a really difficult spot always, often of her own making and often not. <laughs> but she's in a really difficult spot here, I think, because I, I just the ad that her campaign put out this week showing all the Republicans criticizing Donald Trump. It's effective and I don't disagree with any of it. And I watched it and I thought, ooh, just be careful. Because I think the more you kind of wag your finger, and and I don't mean that in a sexist way, and I mean that as the collective us who oppose Donald Trump, the more we sort of wag our finger about he's lying to you, he's, he's manipulative, he's racist, he's sexist, all these things that are just true. I think that we really alienate people and kind of fire them up around him, you know, because nobody's going to tell me that I'm dumb because yeah. I because I'm not on board with Hillary Clinton, you know? Yeah, it's so frustrating to me because I got somebody post on Facebook. This is all you people who are politically correct. Donald Trump is your fault. And I'm like, uh-uh, I'm sorry. I don't really feel like Donald Trump is my fault. <laughs> it's really difficult because I think that Donald Trump, some of the things that Donald Trump stands for and has spoken of are so offensive and so unacceptable. I don't really care who I offend when I say this is unacceptable and offensive. And I'm sorry that you think not being racist is the overabundance of political correctness in our society. But I think not being racist is important and fundamental to who we are as a society. So it's just so hard for me because I. I feel like he's the nominee now, and 
if we make this space for support of Donald Trump to be okay, then we make space for the things that Donald Trump says to be okay. And I'm not okay with that. I'm, I don't want to allow any space in the conversation for sexism and racism to be okay. And to just, he doesn't need much room to eke out a space where I didn't really mean that. And everybody's overreacting and, you know, it doesn't take much. And then he's crafted this narrative in which we're all just being honest and we need to be forgiving when somebody repeatedly demonstrates that they have racist and sexist views and it's not just that. I mean, there's a lot of problems with Donald Trump. So I just, I don't know the line. I don't know where the line is to where we make abundantly clear that Donald Trump is not qualified to be president, not only because of his complete and total lack of experience, but because of the views that he holds. Like, I, I feel the need to have this very clear line in the sand where we as a society stand up and say, this is not okay. And if his supporters get offended and the, as a result, I mean, that I, I don't know if that has to be okay because there are supporters of Donald Trump, if they're not, if, you know, if their support is so strong that when he says these truly offensive things, they can't be shifted, then they're not going to be shifted. Like, I don't really know. Is there any point in engaging them with them at all? Because I don't really think they want to be engaged with. I think uh, so many of his supporters are pissed off and angry and fearful, and I'm not really sure if there's a way forward in a conversation with someone like that I just at least not on like a national level like individually absolutely I'll go I mean I will sit down at a table and break bread with anybody but I don't know as a society if that is possible if we just have to say I, I, I don't know well, I think we all have to break bread. And so when you said it's so funny that you use these words about, you know, Donald Trump is not my fault, because I was actually thinking about writing an email to our listeners saying, here's how Donald Trump is my fault. <laughs> because <laughs> I've been thinking about this a lot and how I do feel some ownership in what's happened, because as a moderate voice, I have pretty well sat on the sidelines until we started mm. doing this podcast. Right. And I I reacted pretty strongly to the tweet we got from one of our listeners that said, look, the time to be, you know, gently speaking is over. You can't counter fascism, which is what Trump represents um, with moderate speech. And I thought, no, I, I actually think that that's the only thing that gets us out of this. I think the lack of it got us here. And I think the only way we get out is to have those conversations one on one. And it's super hard work. But the, I don't know where that line is either, Sarah. I have total sympathy for everything that you just said. But the thing is, telling people they are wrong over and over from a place of moral authority doesn't convince people that they're wrong. And part of the reason that I think we can have these conversations when we disagree about things is because, like, I don't go very philosophical very often. I'm much more pragmatic, right? Like, I'm a conservative, but I don't spend a lot of time thinking about tyranny. You know, that's, like, not where I'm coming from. Most of the time I'm coming from a place of I think big government's largely ineffective, right? Like, if we could solve some of these problems through big government, maybe I wouldn't get so worked up about that because I'm not thinking about the king and, um, you know, Know, Marxism and stuff. I'm, I'm more like about what works. And so in this context, I think what works is the very difficult, painful, slow work 
of regular people talking to each other about racism and sexism and the Muslim faith and all of the things that we talk about on this podcast all the time. And that's not a satisfying answer for me or anyone else. It's all I know to do that would be real and meaningful and sustainable over the long term. But this is why I cringe at the woman card stuff from Hillary Clinton, because if you overplay that hand, people just double down, right? And we've got people who aren't all that interested in having a conversation in the first place. And then we approach them with this high-handed, um, you know, politically correct in quotation marks, moralizing, and we alienate them even more. And so I, I think we have to talk our way out of this with patience and kindness and respect and all the things that we're about. And the other thing I want to say is that, you know, being moderate to me does not equal being weak. I think in some ways, the strongest thing to be is moderate. And it's the hardest thing to be because you have to seriously question yourself all the time, right? Like every time we have an interesting exchange with a listener, I really sit and think about it and challenge everything I said that prompted that feedback, because I think that makes me better, right? I think it makes my ideas better. Just because I say it in my sort of delicious dish voice that we've talked about before and, <laughs> and, and with respect for the person across the table doesn't mean it's weak. I think the shouting at each other is why we got here. It, it makes me think about, you know, that great quote that the opposite of love isn't hate, it's indifference. You know, I think that the opposite of Donald Trump isn't an equally vigilant progressive movement or, or whatever, or even the never Trump thing, right? That didn't work. The opposite of Trump doesn't work. I think it's got to be more this really serious effort where we all kind of look around and say, y'all, we're not, this is not where we want to be as a country. Mm -hmm. Well, I think there's two discussions, though, that you're talking about. Like, one-on-one, -on -one, I'm not talking about how I feel about one-on-one -on -one with somebody who might feel like they want to support Trump. Like I said, like, there's really, it's a, there's very few situations in which I would not engage with someone about their support of Donald Trump unless they were like, you know, physically threatening to me. But otherwise, like, yeah, let's talk about it. I'm ready to talk about it. Tell me why you individually, why he appeals to you. Let's have that conversation. Then I think you're talking about, but then there's a conversation. There's a conversation about why you support Donald Trump. And then there's a conversation about why Donald Trump cannot be president. And I don't really feel like, I feel like he, because we've tried not to, you know, moralize or take these strong pos positions, we now have Donald Trump as a major party's nominee for president. <laughs> like, that's a problem. Like, we've all just sort of, well, it won't happen. I mean, that's kind of how I felt. Like, oh, it's a joke, and it won't happen, and it's not going to happen. And now it's happened, and it's, da it's dangerous that he's this close to the White House. This isn't you or I feeling like, you know, Obama versus McCain or Bush versus Gore as these, like, two different paths forward. Like, I didn't like my, the Republican nominee at those times but I didn't think it was dangerous to the future of the country I never use words like that like I don't I you know I love politics and I think it is an eternal battle that you know is usually three steps forward and two steps back but I think Donald Trump is a different beast and so when Hillary Clinton stands up and says you know makes big grand moralizing statements 
there's more at stake here than if she was just making those about John Kasich or Ted, well, I don't know, maybe not Ted Cruz, but you know, like there, there's something at stake here and I don't really mind her taking that tone. So I think there's, I think there's a conversation in which you're talking about why you support Donald Trump. And I think that's different from why Donald Trump cannot be president. Like we can't, that cannot happen. I agree with you. Donald Trump is dangerous. He should not be our president. I'm a hundred percent there. Having said that, when you use those words, right, he's dangerous, he cannot be president, someone who's open to him is just turned off, right? Like, there is no place to go with that conversation. We were talking before we started recording the podcast tonight about an email that we got today that was addressed to me that was sort of like, Beth, you are disappointing, you're not nuanced, Um, you drop the ball all the time, like on and on, right? There wasn't anywhere for me to go. Like, I was happy to engage with this person, but about what? Like, I'm sorry that I exist, which is kind of all, you know, that was really the only place there was to go. And I feel like we have to, if we want people who support Donald Trump today to stop supporting him, or we want people who are on the fence in this discussion to not vote for Donald Trump, we have to give them somewhere to go, right? And, and the, the moralizing just doesn't get us there. I don't know. I, I think we want the same things. I just don't know how, I don't know how to be effective. Um, I mean, I don't, yeah, like I don't really know how to say, because to me, the reason Donald Trump cannot be president is not a political issue. It is a moral issue. And so I don't know how you make that argument without moralizing. Well, I think that some of it is just, I think it. We are special breakfast people here at Pantsuit Politics, but not just when Beth and I are on the road. The truth is, I want something warm from the oven every Saturday morning and Sunday morning. It's just the truth. It makes it feel special, makes it feel exciting. I don't want to work at it. So the first time I ever saw Wild Grain, which is bake from frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries, I was obsessed. You guys, I've been a member for over a year. It's amazing. It's so easy. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. No thawing required. You can fully customize your wild grain box. You can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries. You can even build a box of only breads, only pastas, or only pastries if you'd like. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit to start your subscription. Sometimes I make one single croissant just for me because I want to feel special and they're so good. You heard me. Free croissants in every box. And $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. That's wildgrain.com slash pantsuit. Or you can use promo code pantsuit at checkout. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Can I get something off my chest? Every day I feel a little pang of sadness. Because I think about Griffin going away to college. Y'all, he's a freshman in high school. This is not healthy or normal. This is why I have it on my list of things to talk to my therapist about. We all carry around these things, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us. Therapy is a safe space to get these things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. You gotta get it off your chest. And you can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Pantsuit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Pantsuit. 
looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life, Aura frames are beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. You guys, I love my Aura frames. I have one in my office. I have one in my kitchen. I have given one as a housewarming gift. I have given one as Mother's Day. Father's Day. They are the most amazing gifts because this app is a game changer, in my personal opinion, in digital frames. It makes it so, so easy to get the pictures on there and even videos. It plays like you're in Harry Potter, you guys. It is the best. I love mine so much. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code Pantsuit at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Is that one-on-one conversation? I think one of the most effective anti-Trump ads I've seen is the one where women are reading things that he's actually tweeted, right? Mm-hmm. And so you and so you watch that and you think to yourself, "Wow, do I am I comfortable with this as the president?" No, I'm not. And that is a moral issue, but it's using his words. I think this is all just a matter of kind of how you do it. But nobody was really doing this early enough for it to make a difference in the Republican primary. You're right. People either there were kind of two factions, right? People either blew it off or they talked about it in these terms like the earth will burn if Donald Trump is elected. And both of those things are ineffective. So that's why I just think the Clinton campaign and any serious third party contenders going at this have to really be thoughtful about how they approach the votes that are up for grabs. Well, so we had we did get some feedback. We got a really great email from Brett on this issue. And he was sort of despondent over his choices. And it sort of got me thinking about you know, these are not, I, I strongly feel these are not equal choices to feel equally, or they're not, these both Hillary and Donald Trump, you should not feel equally despondent. I understand that if Hillary Clinton does not represent your political values, you could be frustrated, but I really don't think despondent is the, is um, maybe appropriate considering that again, she's at least qualified. But well, let me say, he can said, I just interject real quick why I understand people feeling that way? And I don't want to bash on anyone, but the reason that I talked about um, respecting President Obama a lot in our pros and cons of the Obama presidency episode was about how he held the office with so much dignity. The White House was scandal free. I mean, I think people do look at the Clintons and know that we've got a lot, and you've used this word baggage. There's so much baggage carried into the White House with those two. And it's almost impossible to foresee. So accepting that Hillary Clinton is likely going to be our next president, it's almost impossible to foresee the next four years going without just a truckload of issues. And that is well. I don't think that's right? necessarily fair because I think that you know his in his email he said how could either Trump or Clinton ever begin to go about uniting the country, and I think the reality is that Hillary Clinton has shown that she can do this. She came. She became the senator of New York. She didn't you know walk through her terms with a ton of baggage and scandal. She worked with senators from across the aisle. She gained a lot of respect by doing what she always does, which is put her head down and work hard. So that's, you know, that's kind of what's going to be my plea to Brett is don't give up totally on her. And I really think that the tone, if 
for a moment Donald Trump allows us to stay out of the gutter, if she's given a chance to say, like, look, I've learned, this is who I am, this is who I've always been, like, and people give her a half of a chance without, you know, tying the baggage to her. I think she can show, I mean, I think she did that as senator, and I think she did that with Secretary of State. I really do. Those those are really different stages in the presidency, though. And, and I agree with you. I think she works tirelessly and studies diligently and takes everything enormously seriously and gets a ton of props for that. I have not ever heard the sort of I've learned piece. You know, I've seen her evolve as a candidate to get better at the process, but I've never really gotten a sense of like, and I've learned that giving speeches to Wall Street for loads of money is not a good idea. And I've learned, you know what I mean? Like, there's just, there's always kind of a sense of like, I've learned that people are going to treat me unfairly no matter what I do, but but well, not ever any kind of think... reflection on her ownership in some of those issues. And again, I'm not, not trying that... to I'm not trying to berate her. I'm just trying to be honest about why I think people feel some sense that we have cronyism on both from both parties going into the general election. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's fair. I do think, though, that she, maybe it's just, you know, I take in a lot more Hillary information than other people. So, I mean, I think that was definitely the tenor of some of her book when she, after she was first lady. Not the latest book, but her autobiography. Um, But, you know, she's not going to go on Oprah and cry. Like, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But I do think that she's sort of opened up in ways she didn't used to. But And for the record, I don't want her to go on Oprah and cry. Like, that's the last (laughs) thing I want to see. I just think there's there for all the calculations, there are still these weird things like today. Politico is reporting that she's already reaching out to Jeb donors saying, I represent your values, you know, but then on the same token, we're still rallying the Sanders people. I, you know, you can, I don't see a world where you represent both Bernie Sanders voters values and Jeb Bush's values. Oh, I do. When Donald Trump is the nominee. Well, yeah. I mean, but- isn't that the right way? I mean, that's what his call is for somebody to unify. And I think she cannot. I mean, I think that if people would just take a breath and see her as a human being instead of this slate of issues or votes or scandals or whatever and but listen to her, then it might she might be closer than you think. That breath can't start with the donor class, right? Like, that's the misstep in that well. discussion. And, and, and look, I mean, we'll see how it plays out. I am truly undecided going into the general election, which is something I've never felt in my voting adult life. You know, I, I am open to voting for Hillary Clinton, given that Trump is the nominee. If a third party candidate uh, um, emerges that reflects my values in a credible way, I, I might go there, you know, but I, I'm open to her. I just also see, I see why people aren't as well. And I, and I see that beyond sexism. And I think it's just super important as we move forward to not automatically tag everybody who doesn't find her to be an acceptable choice with sexism or ignorance. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So also I wanted to give a shout out to one of our favorite listeners, Bryn, who sent us a really great thoughtful email on ele- the, our election reform feedback um, on the topic of uh, he made a, he made a very good strong point about the the closed primaries with regards to that just there's two dominating parties and so to have closed primaries really excludes a huge amount of people totally fair I'm okay with semi closed primaries also wanted to go on the record to say New York and their cutoff is cuckoo crazy pants I do not endorse that 
11-day month before election <laughs> party changing cutoff that happened there. Like, not okay. That's no disagreement there. I do think um, he said he brought up superdelegates and that, you know, how would I feel? He felt like Hillary went in with all these superdelegates and sort of Bernie didn't look like a real candidate because she had all these superdelegates lined up behind her and that maybe that kept people from supporting Bernie. I think the only problem with that argument, and I emailed this to Brenda, is that uh, that also happened in 2008 and did her not a lick of good <laughs> because eventually they all switched to Barack Obama. So I, I just, I'm such a pragmatist. I just don't think there's ever a chance that they would go with somebody who wasn't getting the popular vote unless it was perhaps some like Trump-like scenario on the Democratic side. But um, I mean, come on, don't we all wish there were superdelegates on the Republican side right now? Sarah and I have talked many times about our desire to age as gracefully as possible and skincare is a huge piece of that. I spend a lot of time and money thinking about my skin and I have added Ritual to my routine, which just gives me a lot of comfort. Ritual is here for us. They have created a wrinkle support skin supplement and conducted clinical studies so we know it's working. They're taking the guesswork out of skincare. Ritual Hyacera is one of several Ritual products that I love. I take the daily multivitamin, I take a probiotic, and Hyacera is that once daily skincare supplement that is clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days. I recently met a friend for the first time in person as opposed to online. And we were discussing the fact that I am 43 and she said, I cannot believe how young you look. And I thought, thank you, Ritual, for that. Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash pantsuit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash pantsuit for 25% off. There's not much worse than a dry energy scalp. Also, when you get your hair colored and then it does not last as long as you and your stylist discussed, it could be that unfiltered, mineral-filled water is the culprit. Hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin, and about 85% of the United States uses hard water, filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered shower head comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered shower head. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code Pantsuit at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Do you want a bra that's sexy or a bra that's comfortable? Thanks to Third Love, you can have both. Third Love was started to take all the frustration, ick, and ugh out of bra shopping. That's why they make solutions for every bra problem, aka problems. Their bras make it easy to bring back perkiness you haven't seen since high school, get smoothing you know where, and have straps that actually stay put. Designed at their headquarters in San Francisco and made from premium materials, they put every style through hours of wear testing on real women, including themselves, before it's given the stamp of boob approval. 
comfort and support are guaranteed. Plus, whether you're a double A cup or an H cup, their virtual fitting room will help you find your perfect fit fast. And they've even invented half cups. No more feeling stuck between two cup sizes that don't fit right. It's time to get your problems solved. Visit thirdlove.com and get 15% off your order with code PODCAST15. What I think is cool about some of the things we've heard since the election reform episode is it's a good reminder that things really aren't either or because people started talking and there were all kinds of ideas. What if we did it this way? What if we had this time period involved? You know, and it's it's just a good reminder of like what could be happening in our Congress all the time instead of sort of here's a proposal you're for it or against it. Like the collaboration and generating those proposals is it's just really fun to watch. And um, I, I hope that at some point that can be what our elected officials do. Amen to that. <laughs> well, I mean, we're just going to have to take this day by day. Now, I did have somebody, before we wrap up this current state of the race, make a pretty good point. I had a friend on um, Facebook that basically said, the good news is we'll probably be pretty much done talking about it by Labor Day. Like, she'll be so far up in the polls that it really won't even matter. I, I would mean, be that- shocked if that's true. I don't know. I think it could. I think it could. I think it'll be really interesting to see what happens after the conventions. And I mean, Beth, what is going to happen when they he has to debate her? What yeah, it's going to just. I think it's just going to devolve into tabloid ugliness. And and here's the here's the thing. This people are already talking about how a debate between the two of them will attract more viewers than the Super Bowl. Oh my God! There is so much money on the table for media outlets going into this general election. Oh yeah, you're right. They won't let us. They, they won't will let not it. let it die. That's so true. They won't let it be like, no, she's gonna win. Because even my husband, even both times with Obama, when I was like, Nate Silver says that he's gonna win by a lot, and he was right. He would still like obsess. I'm like every like little turn of the the narrative. He he would dive right in. I'm like, don't listen. Like, with you know, sort of, I mean, I don't want to be, I'm not trying to be dismissive, but ever since October, I have a friend who follows the polls and everything closely, sort of how the money's being spent. And ever since October, he was like, it's over for Bernie. And I stopped, like, at least stressing. I didn't stop paying attention. I think Bernie's important, but like stressing that he was going to overtake her. Like it just, I just played the, I mean, the num- the numbers taught me such a hard lesson last time when I was supporting her in 08 that I was like, okay, all right, I see it. I see the numbers here and I'm just not going to stress. So I guess we all need to find that space <laughs> yeah, <laughs> moving but, forward. But I mean, understand and prepare for the fact that the editorial calendars are already written. You know, yeah. there will be a story constantly, no matter what the two of them do. And the two of them are content creators, you know, and mm. so it's it's going to it's going to go on and we're going to hear Perhaps about it all and... of us should take this moment to cancel our cable. <laughs> I canceled mine in 2011. I've never looked back. I highly recommend it. Yeah. So there, there's like, where's that line between being informed? Um, because you, you want to at least understand what's happening. Right. And I guess yeah. some for me, the hard thing about making the informed argument in this particular situation is there is not a fact that will make me vote for Donald Trump. Right. There are facts that might make me not vote for Hillary Clinton, but there is not a fact that won't make me that will make me vote for Donald Trump. There is not a vice presidential pick that could right. make me vote 
Now, I have said on Twitter, and I firmly believe this, that his best choice would be Condoleezza Rice. Oh, she wouldn't would do it. it. I don't she think wouldn't she, do it. I don't a million think years. she would do it either. Although, if you think no. he's dangerous and you think there's a prayer of him winning, then maybe you do do it, right? Because you care about the country. But foreign policy expert, female, very widely respected in the party, that would be an excellent choice. It still wouldn't make me vote for him. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He could have Condoleezza Rice as the vice president. I'm still not voting for him. So it's right. like, how much information do I need to consume, given that I'm hardened in this position but also we host a political podcast so we probably better stay on top of it that's so true um so do you want to say anything about uh, paul ryan's amazing quote today yes i liked all of it except for the yet um oh right so tell, tell our <laughs> listeners what he said so paul ryan today basically said that he's just not ready to support donald trump he said i'm not there and the tenor of the comments was sort of Maybe I could get like the door was open. You know, he wasn't Ben Sass saying never, not ever in a million years ever. Why are we even talking about this? Which I also want to give a shout out to Ben Sass because I think it was amazing. Okay, the Twitter account for the GOP tweets after Indiana. Thanks to all of our presidential contenders for a fine primary. The party's better because of it. And Ben Sass retweets it and says, this is a parody account, right? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Which I thought was amazing. No, I know. It's ridiculous and delusional. So so Paul Ryan is not where Ben Sass is in the absolutely not category. It sounded more to me like I want to try to work with the hand that we've been dealt and maybe I can use some leverage to get him closer to my platform. But then Donald Trump, like, hastily responds, I'm also not ready to get behind Paul Ryan's agenda. So maybe eventually we can work together, but it's not today. And that's just how it's going to be with Donald Trump, right? There's no winning. Like, you can't play his game because he always wins his game. So I loved what Paul Ryan said. I would just delete the open door aspect of it. Okay. I agree. I agree. All right. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Briefcase. As always, a special thanks goes out to Nicolette, Paige, and Sydney, our um, all-star subscribers. And also thanks to Pamela and Melissa for their incredible, generous support of the show recently. You can find us on Facebook at Pantsuit Politics, Twitter at Pantsuit Politic. Uh, you can go to our website, PantsuitPoliticsShow.com. If you check out our Facebook and Twitter feeds, you'll also see a new phone number where you can leave us a message. We would just love to hear y'all's voices. Um, it's great to hear from you in text, but we'd love to hear your voices like you hear ours all the time. Thanks for continuing to chat with us. We'll be back on Tuesday with the Affordable Care Act. Until then, keep it new and still. Bye.